Let us pray. Heavenly Father, may we grow in grace and thanksgiving for all that you have done for us in Christ Jesus. I pray now that my words and my meditation may be acceptable to you, Lord, and only to you, as I give praise and honor and worship to you through the proclamation of your holy word. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Paul encourages the Thessalonians, and therefore us, to practice joy, a joy and a gratitude that is rooted in prayer, and practice it every day. Whether it's an ordinary day, an easy day, or a day of struggle, a day of disappointment, even desperation, Paul says it is God's will in Christ Jesus to rejoice always, pray always, and give thanks in all situations. This is God's will for the flourishing of his churches, his congregations, for our church to flourish in Christian faith and witness. We are called to continually bow humbly before the Lord in prayer, to respond with joy and gratitude for God's presence and provision in our lives and in the life of our church. God has seen us through. The church, church in Thessalonica was under a great deal of pressure. Perse persecution was coming at them from outside of their community and conflict was happening within it. They had every reason not to be joyful or particularly thankful. Yet because of Christ, they were able to love and forgive one another. They were able to rejoice with one another, even in their hardest days. They were able to be thankful for God's faithfulness to them. Throughout this letter, Paul encourages the Thessalonians to keep on keeping on. He praises them for the depth and diligence of their faith, even pushing them to go further and double down on their practice of joy, gratitude, and love. When Paul was still in Athens and longing to return to Thessalonica, he sent Timothy on ahead to check in on them. He was concerned about this small, young church, concerned they'd been lured away from the faith by the pressures of their community and of the culture. But instead, Paul received the good news from Timothy that they had indeed remained steadfast in their faith in Jesus Christ. Not only had they not drifted away, but their love for others, a reflection of their faith, was renowned throughout the land. And so therefore, Paul writes them this letter. It is a letter to encourage them, to praise them in their faith and in their work, and to encourage them to go even farther with their love and their joy. 
as a witness to others. So recognizing their resilience to withstand persecution and temptations and remain in the faith, Paul encourages them with this list of spiritual habits that was read for us this morning. Spiritual habits and behavior that will increase their love for one another and their mission as a church. It's an encouragement for us here today to do the same. Living out these verses helps any congregation to build up the stamina and courage and the empathy that one needs to handle the ups and downs of church life. Paul says, respect and honor those who work hard among you. Offer peace and patience to one another. Comfort those in need and be ready to receive comfort yourself. Forgive one another. Practice joy and gratitude and pray. Pray and pray and pray. This is God's will. There is no mystery here to what God's will is for us in our lives and in our church. It's how we exhibit Christ's love to others, how we worship God together, how we uplift those who are struggling in our congregation, and how we nourish our own faith. It's through honor, respect for one another, peace, patience, forgiveness, and a deep and abiding love and joy and thankfulness that sustains us. You see, God is deeply concerned with our daily walk as Christians. This litany of spiritual behaviors and habits is intended for our good measure. It is intended to help any group of Christians doing life together to persevere and thrive and be the light of Christ to the outside world and to each other. Paul admonishes us in this letter to make joy and praise for God a daily commitment. We cannot assume that we will have spontaneous joy or gratitude in all circumstances. We know there are situations and relationships where rejoicing and giving thanks are not obvious responses. There are justifiable times to lament, to feel deep loss or loneliness, to suffer from wounds that are too hard to recover from, to grieve in isolation and separation. God honors our grief, receives our lament, our mourning, even our anger. We might be going through a difficult time right now, and certainly we all are going through the difficulties of the coronavirus together. The restrictions, the separation, the concerns. But many of us are also experiencing personal and particular grief and distress alongside the public 
and global one, we have our particular and specific concerns. We may be anxious and weary this morning, carrying heavy personal burdens. And these are not moments or seasons when joy or gratitude would be reflexive or even expected. The uniqueness of Christian joy, then, is in how it sustains and nourishes us during our most desperate hours. To rejoice always, whether as individuals or as a church, is more about seeing the hand of God in whatever is happening and remaining certain of God's provision and protection and perseverance for us more than it is most of the time about dancing down the aisles. Paul was able to endure persecution, imprisonment, and near death and still experience joy in suffering as he referred to it because he knew God was with him. He was never alone. Paul praises the Thessalonians for the same resilience of faith, endurance, joy, and love. Joy comes to Paul and to this young church and hopefully to us in the midst of uncertainty and suffering because we have confidence that God will take care of us today and in the future the same as he did in the past. We believe in his faithfulness. We have joy in suffering because as the song I sang affirmed, God will not let my soul be lost. His promises shall last. They are bought by him at such a cost, and he will hold me fast. That is something to rejoice for, give thanks for every day, that the Lord is holding us fast, that the gift he gave us in his death and resurrection that overcame death once and for all, that we may have eternal life in him, that he has not left us here on earth, that we will be with him eternally in heaven. That is the good news for which we can give joy and thanks for every day, in spite of what else may be going on in our lives. Paul wrote also to the Philippian church, and he said to them that he had found the secret of contentment and joy in all circumstances. Don't we want to know that? The secret? And he said, it's trust. The secret to joy and contentment in all circumstances is trust in God. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, Paul says, I can do all of this through him who gives me strength well-fed or hungry, plenty or want, and every kind of situation in between. 
the secret of contentment and joy in all those circumstances is trust in the Lord. It's not so much about knowing what comes next, although I'm sure so often we'd like to know what comes next. But trusting in God's past faithfulness, that is what helps Paul experience joy, even in suffering in the present. It's remembering God's faithfulness in the past and trusting that he will be faithful today for whatever you are going through, faithful in the future for whatever we may have to go through. Not knowing what comes next has sort of been the theme of 2020. We could not anticipate the changes, disruptions, the losses of this year. And I think of many other situations in my life that I never saw coming. The only way to prepare ourselves to meet the unexpected trials and temptations of this life with God's grace is to do this, to practice joy, to practice gratitude, and pray every single day to find something to rejoice about in our lives, to find something for which we can give thanks, and to pray and pray and pray. You see, constant joy needs a constant prayer life. Joy and prayer are intimately related. Continuous prayer in our most ordinary days is how we cultivate and maintain a joyful outlook in those difficult days. In this particular verse of today's sermon, we see how prayer connects the practice of joy with our ability to give thanks. Prayer is the bridge between joy and thanksgiving. We can't rejoice and give thanks without prayer. Prayer is the check-in with the Lord. God, I'm in a terrible place, we may pray, but I rejoice that I am not in this terrible place alone. You are with me. I will give thanks for all that you have already done for me, for all the ways you have already shown up and been present for me. And I will trust that you will be faithful today and tomorrow in any other place, journey that I may have to traverse. Paul says, give thanks in all circumstances, not for all circumstances. We give thanks because we know the Lord is with us. We do not go into unknown situations alone. In my life, I have this phrase that I call gifts along the way. And it refers to those moments of grace and joy and beauty that I receive from God in the midst of of a difficult situation. They're unexpected, but they are much needed. And I know that they are gifts intended to remind me that God is with me, that God loves me. And those are two really of the most basic parts of our faith. To be loved and to be not alone. These are the gifts along the way that God gives me. And I pray that you experience that too 
Think about the gifts along a difficult journey that you have received, places where you have given thanks for and rejoiced in God's presence and were able to say, I rejoice, give thanks, because God is still with me. I encourage you in this next week, in this day, to reflect on those gifts. Think about a difficult journey that you have been on or maybe on today and see where the gifts from God have presented themselves to you. You will be surprised how long that list is of how many times the Lord offers himself to you, his love, his presence, his provision as a gift to get you through the day, the week, the month, the year. Think about those places where God has enabled you to still rejoice and give thanks and trust that your prayers have been heard and will be answered. This is the life that God has called each one of us to. It is his will for us in Christ Jesus. It is his will for our church. An abiding joy that sustains us in easy days, ordinary days, in our most difficult, desperate days. A deep gratitude that recognizes that God has been faithful in the past, will be faithful today in our present, will be faithful in our tomorrows. And all of this with the foundation of a robust prayer life. And by that, I mean a prayer life that happens every day, a continuous conversation that you can have with the Lord. For he is with you. He is with me. He is with our church. We have only to look to him, listen to him, and remember his faithfulness. This is our God-given life, dear friends, where we can flourish, thrive, endure, and rightly give thanks for Jesus Christ in our lives, who promises to each one of us and to our church, I have come that you may have life even in the difficult places of life, that you may have life and have it abundantly. Let us continue to worship God in song. We began singing, rejoice in the Lord always, to come before him, to bow down before him, and declare him our God. And now we close rejoicing and singing, joyful, joyful, we adore thee. Stand as you are able and let us sing together.